Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode 40 of season number four, or if you're keeping track at home, this is our 190th episode. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are back another week off. We took last week off. Let's be honest. We held our production meeting. We got we did. Sean and Cinch together. We sat them down. And we spent exactly six minutes working on the podcast and the <laughs> upcoming season and the next two hours eating and drinking beer. So, yes. yes. So we t- so it's not like we just it's not like we sat around and, and went fishing. It's nope. nothing like that. Nope. We, 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 we worked. We did. We worked we did. for six minutes, six minutes. And then I went home. And told my wife, don't worry, I'm not drunk when I walk through the door. And there's nothing that says I am guilty than walking through the door and going, I'm not drunk. How are you? I'm not drunk. Just, You're drunk. That's, she, she was like, she, she like, well, I, I can always tell when my wife is watching me when she thinks I've had too much to drink. Like, I came in the door and I was like, hey, how you doing? She goes, good. And I can feel her eyes as I'm walking across the room. And so I just start talking to her. And I'm like, if I can make sense. <laughs> She'll see I'm not drunk. And so I was talking to her and she was responding and and she wasn't making laughing or anything like that. So I know I wasn't going like, guys, a garble fucker. I wasn't, I was making sense. And I sat down and she went, so how many beers did you have tonight? And I was like, just three. And she goes, oh, well, that's not bad. And she went back to what she was doing. And I went, okay, good, good. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. And the wives, the eyes of the wife, life is good. So, but speaking of beer, we got to start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, I have a new beer I've found. This <gasps> too. is a collaboration between Beard and Armada Brewing. Oh my god, I'm afraid for you. <laughs> this they is beers. all my best friends are hopheads. They also make a really strong IPA. A so... collaborative double IPA. It is oh uh, 8.5%. R.I.P. Craig. Five, Ridiculous 19, amount 21. of Citra Mosaic and El Dorado. Ooh, I don't, I'm not Gosh. a big fan of the the the, the El Dorado. I mm. love Citra beer. I love beers with Citra, and I like mosaics, um, and I like mosaic Citra blends. El Dorado is one of those ones that in Idaho Nine, just never been able to was get behind there, personally. Wasn't there an Idaho beer that you liked? Was that was that in King Sioux? Yeah, but King Soup so gave me crazy dreams that night. <laughs> like I, I dream, I had such a heart. So, so you know, living with an anxiety disorder like I do, I have to be very careful. As much as I love craft beer, I have to be careful too much or certain kinds of beers. Well, and that that night, I mean, I I just I was gone. Forget it. I mean, I had like two beers and they were strong and I was feeling it. But that night, I slept terrible. Really terrible. So, well, I also have, um, well, let, let's get the taste in first. Let's, let's hear that. And then I'll tell you what I've got. All right. It's going in for it here. Give me one moment. Mm-hmm. Right, well, while you're taking your taste, I will tell folks, I have a, a beer called wizard fight from counterweight brewing. It is also a double IPA and its description talks about a piney incantation clash and merge with fruity hexes in this epic wizard fight. You were drawn in by the aroma, casting its spell on your senses. Melding notes of stone fruit with floral undertones, the battle is ongoing, and I can't wait to try this. But let's hear from Craig about his. Hmm. 
so it's interesting since it has those three hops. So it has the bitterness up front, and then you get the citra, but it's kind of cut by that bitterness, and then it finishes really juicy. Like, you're I thought I was going to dry my uh, mouth out at first, but it's totally right. opposite. So you're getting kind of waves of hop flavor then? Yes. Okay, I'm going in for, I'm going in, that sounds good. I'm going in for the wizard fight. This was a gift, by the way, from our friend Matt Cole. So uh, cheers to Matt. For, thank you for the recommendation. All right. And you know, while Britt's tasting that, you know what I miss about doing the podcast in person? Seeing Britt reaction when he tries a new beer. <laughs> I'm not, I, listen, I did a lot. Uh, I, okay, first off, this is really fucking good. Let me just go there <laughs> and right who, now. Sorry, who makes that again? It's Counterweight, and we all know Counterweight makes one of our favorite IPAs. This is true. I, I mean, I, one of my favorite RPAs. I won't speak for you. I think, I think it is Crucial good. Mass is probably, my, is easily in my top 10 uh, all-time IPAs. This is fruitier. It's like... Because you know I gotta have an example. I gotta, of I gotta make some sort of comparison. <laughs> it's like crucial mass called together a glass, uh, like a bunch of of piney. Well, no, okay, hold on. Start again. <laughs> Take, Take two. two. It's like crucial mass called a meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm th- imagining like a Godfather like setting right now, mm-hmm. where crucial mass called a meeting between citrus fruits and um, Road to Ruin by Two Roads. Huh. It's 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 very good. And my only regret is I only have the one can of it. Um, Craig and I last Sunday hosted a gathering for some friends. We rented out a theater to do a socially distant movie. And an old friend of mine was interested, a, a guy I see maybe once a year if I'm lucky. And he knows craft beer is one of my passions. He showed up with a four pack of random beers he thought I would want to try. And this is one of them. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, eight point two percent. By the way, so this is the only beer of the night. But man, yeah, I would absolutely drink this again. This is probably a four and a half on Untapped for me. Ooh, wow. Yeah, you know that it's once you get over four, it's it's usually a good sign. Let me see if I can get a composite number off of Untapped really quick. Is there a barcode on this? How is there no barcode on this beer? Who makes beers without barcodes anymore? <laughs> Come on, seriously. All right, well, fine. I'll do it the old-fashioned way. So, uh, yeah, so we have uh, not a ton to talk about tonight, but enough. There's some stuff going on. Uh, do you want to? Oh, it's a 417 composite. Oh, my Whoa. God, really? It's a 413 weighted. Weighted? Wow, weighted. Okay, so they use an algorithm at Untapped to weight beers in accordance with the number of people who have rated it. Mm-hmm. So let's just say I invented a beer and I only got 10 people to review it and all of them gave it a 5.0. Okay. So if somebody goes and searches it on the tap, they're going to see 5.0. It's weighted based. I don't know what their algorithm does, but there's a number that's an actual rating. And then there's weighted weighted uses statistical formulas to say, eh, it's probably not as good or it's probably better than what you're reading. So when the hmm. actual number and the weighted number are the same or are close, that means statistically enough people have rated this that they feel that the rating is accurate. But like if I had all 10 of those folks rated a 5.0, if you went on untapped, it would probably say, okay, rating 5.0, weighted rating 3.76. 
because it's taking into account that it's a small sample. It's a very, it, it's a statistical tool to eliminate sample size uh, in, inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. So, so the fact that this is a 417 rated and it's a weighted 4.13 says to me that that means enough people have drank it that it's, it's it, it, the the number is reliable. The big thing is, a lot of times weighted is lower than the actual rating because sample size people just you know untapped just assumes that people are just giving it good ratings up front but you know if it's that if it's that high it's probably really good and i think it's really good it's gonna get a four and a half from me nice all right anyway okay on to the news do you want to give or receive to start off tonight's uh, burning hot takes let's get to burning i hot will takes. um receive all right well the elephant in the room continues to be <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, right? The Aaron Rodgers ongoing saga. Will he be a Packer? Won't he be a Packer? Someone in our thread the other day pointed out that Bart Starrs played exactly 16 seasons for the Packers, that Brett Favre played 16 seasons for the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers just completed his 16th season mm-hmm. as a Packer. Mm-hmm. So there appears to be some sort of jinx kind of thing there, so to speak. The question for you tonight is... Aaron Rodgers is going to make a public appearance on Monday. He is appearing on the very last episode of the Kenny Main show as Kenny Main is leaving ESPN. I have no idea where he's going, by the way. I have not heard. I don't think they've, I don't think he's said yet. Um, I'm looking to see. Okay. He did. He did an, uh, an article with the uh, LA times about why he's leaving ESPN, but I don't see anything cap reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, that happens. I have friends who work at ESPN and they're like, you know, every so often they just decide they're not going to, re- they're going to downsize their staff and they don't renew some contracts. He goes, everybody's like, Oh, they fired six on air personalities. No, they just told them they're not going to renew their contracts. It's different. It's different when you're a contract employee. So, um, so yeah, so for cap reasons, he might be a cap, a cap hit. Um, regardless, the last episode is going to feature Aaron Rodgers. Does Aaron Rodgers go on there and talk at all about this? Because he made one appearance prior to this. He interviewed with Mike Tirico during the Kentucky Derby, and he never once mentioned the Green Bay Packers or his situation. So he's going on Kenny Mayne on Monday. What do we expect from Aaron Rodgers on Monday? You know, with all with all of this still up in the air, I don't think he's unless he, he gets asked a direct question. I don't think he's going to bring it up at all because I was just reading that allegedly the Packers really want him to come back and don't want to trade him now. So yeah, but I, will he come back? That's the thing. Yeah, but I don't. Plus, this you have to think about. There's so much money involved. I think he's. I think it's one of the things, those things where he just can't say anything one way or the other. Kind of like, you know, Maybe. someone like a lawyer kind of thing <laughs> working on a case. You can't really say what you really think. So, okay. I, don't I, think I can he's, see that. I don't, unless he gets asked a question directly, I don't think he's going to mention it. I think Aaron Rodgers knows how important Kenny Main has been to the sports world over the last, what, 15, 30 years? 20? I don't know. Yeah. It's up there. I, he was one of the guys in the basketball sketch. Oh, <laughs> do you remember the sketch? Oh, I know yeah. this is one of your favorite things where they try to explain the basketball <laughs> um, system. 
and they have the they have the uh, tournament like bracket behind them that is like it does is the not worst. Make sense. <laughs> it is the worst looking flow chart you've ever seen. <laughs> um, and, and at one point, you know, I think it's the other who's the other guy in it. I'm sure it's Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. At one point, Dan Patrick just like closes his eyes and shakes his head because his brain needs to reset. And like <laughs> at that exact moment, Kenny Mayne goes, "Unless there's a tie after that, in which case the title will be decided on uh, three legged sack races on non consecutive Sundays." <laughs> and, and it's just. So this, that's how integral he is. Aaron Rodgers knows this. If Aaron Rodgers is going to make a public statement, if there's going to be a big bang, and I agree with your point, it would not be in anyone's interest for there to be a big bang moment with this. But if one's coming, it's coming on Monday. Yeah. <clears throat> if Aaron Rodgers does that entire it's entire piece and does not, if it, if it doesn't become newsworthy instantly, then nothing's going to become newsworthy. This is, this is where it will happen. Yeah, but I agree with you. It's probably not going to happen. You're right. But that if it does happen, it will happen on this interview. So percentage of chances it happens for you. Uh, I'm going to say it's yeah, 12%. I think about 10% is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll see. We'll touch back next uh, next episode. What have you got for me? Um, so I want to know your thoughts on the two people the Giants recently signed. Okay. All right. So one. They signed a backup running back, and that man's name is Corey Clement. Huh. And then a comeback story continues because this guy has not played or been on a roster since 2018. Okay. Kelvin Benjamin is back, and he's on the Giants, and he's going to play as a tight end. Isn't he in jail? Uh, No, he is not in jail. Or, or, or Pat, see, I'm so bad with that. He so the Panthers actually Dave Gettleman drafted him when he was at the Panthers. So he was at as a tight end. Yeah, he was at the Panthers, uh, and then he was at the Bills in 2017. Didn't work, and then he actually played three games for the Chiefs in 2018. Really, he was a Chief for three games. I'm a freaking Chiefs fan, and I didn't know that. (laughs) But here's here's the thing: these are the tight ends that they have. It's Evan Ingram. Kyle Rudolph, Caden Smith, and Levine Towillo. I don't know who that is, but they have a lot of tight ends. So does this? They, they also they also yesterday signed uh, or claimed Raquel Armstead off of waivers from the Jags. They did. Yes. Oh. So does this affect the Giants? No. Like, is Corey Komet going to play at all? No. So I learned a new term today. Yeah. And it's a term I've never learned. I never knew before. It's camp arm. You ever heard the expression camp arm? It's that player is just a camp arm? No. Okay. It comes from signing a quarterback to a preseason roster, pre-camp roster, with no expectation that that quarterback is going to make the roster. Wait, are you, are you implying this is going to happen to Blake Bortles? Of course not. It can't happen <laughs> to Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles is beyond, <laughs> is beyond reproach. It, just, it can't happen. But yes, that's how I learned the term. I read that and I was like, that man is a fraud. <laughs> this reporter does not know anything about the NFL or Blake Bortles because Blake Bortles would not <laughs> sign to be a camp on. <laughs> uh, but yes, that's how I learned the term. I feel like bringing him in is a camp situation. So if Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph both get injured and let's face it, that's a better than 10% chance. Yeah, that is, that is true. Injury prone. Mm-hmm. Then he makes the roster. If 
if it doesn't happen, he probably doesn't make the roster. And that's probably what Raquel Armstead is too. Armstead is coming in to make sure that Barkley is 100%. Because if Barkley's not 100% and he needs to start on the injury list, mm-hmm. then Armstead's probably the number two running back for a couple of weeks. But he's not going to be there permanently. So I, this doesn't move the needle for me. Does it move the needle for you? No, not really. I'm surprised that they signed them, actually. I, wasn't, I really wasn't expecting to see their names. Yeah, I was surprised just now when I, I just searched New York Giants to see that Armstead has is, is been claimed off of waivers. But I, 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 think, I think these guys are just stocking up because they, let, let's, let's be honest, the, the injury to Saquon, Bark, Saquon Barkley last year really screwed over everything they wanted to do. Yeah, that really derailed it, their entire season. It took away for their, their ability for their offense to, um, to function. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I mean, and just to improve. I mean, I'm I'm drawing a complete blank on their freaking quarterback. Why does Daniel this Jones always happen? Thank you, Jesus. I'm stupid. Danny Dimes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Danny Dimes. I I predicted last year he was gonna have a big advancing year. He was gonna get better. We were gonna see progress, and we didn't. It didn't happen. But did it not happen because of him, or did it is part of it because Barkley wasn't there? I think it's both. I think right. I think he took mo- too much on himself, and I think that Barkley's absence hurt them, hurt his ability to advance. Listen, Devontae Freeman ain't doing it. No. Nobody is nobody is busting into the room of the defense that's gonna play the Giants that week and going, I just found out they signed Devontae Freeman. We gotta scrap everything. That wasn't happening. True. That happens when Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley gets activated and the guy has to burst in and go, Saquon Barkley just got activated. That does (laughs) change your planning. Nobody's busting through the door to complain about Devontae Freeman. So that's that's my big thing. So I think this is insurance. This is insurance. And the Giants scrambled last year. Devontae Freeman was signed, what, two weeks after... Barkley got hurt and was it week one or week two that Barkley went down? He, was it week one? One or two. It was early on. It was week one or two. It was very early. But it was just, you knew that that was, you know, they went out, they got Freeman. You're like, okay, well, Freeman's either going to save this by going out there and having 150 yards his first game because no one's taking him seriously, or he's going to be a non factor. And he was a non factor. So, I, no, this doesn't move the needle for me. This is, this is insurance. These are insurance signings. Yep. Exactly. This is insurance. So. All right. What else do I have for you? Uh, Well, I already had Blake Bortles. (laughs) Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles in the package. He's a Deb's favorite voice. (laughs) Deb Deb hates his voice. One of these days, I'm just going to call Deb's cell phone for no reason and go, hi, Deb. (laughs) I'm I'm calling to remind you of the glory that is Blake Bortles. You You need to accept Blake Bortles as your quarterback and savior. And just go from there. So, um... Actually, Bortles was my second question, so I kind of screwed myself. All right, I'm going to – all right, so this is one of the topics I had for tonight, but I have so many topics for tonight that we can uh, we can, we can kind of ju- jump on into a question right now. I'm reading a lot of lists right now, a lot of rankings, a lot of preseason mumbo-jumbo, and one of them is ESPN's power rankings. Okay. So every week they put out power rankings – how on earth you put out power rankings when camps haven't started yet? I don't know, but they do. <laughs> I want, I'm going to give you the top five teams in order. Okay. I want you to tell me which one of these five teams is the most disappointing of the five this year. 
So right. if one of them's not going to make the playoffs or one of them is going to struggle or injuries is going to handcuff them, which one of these five teams are you like, yeah, that's the guy who's most likely going to happen? So their number one team, shock of shocks, is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Which shocking. I hate. Number two is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I also hate. Number three is the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Number four is the L.A. Rams. Hmm. And number five is the Green Bay Packers. Which of those five teams, Chiefs, Bucks, Bills, Rams, or Packers, do you expect to be the most disappointing compared ah. to the other two? I mean, they could all be they could all be <clears throat> playoff teams, and one of them is still the most disappointing one. True. Uh, you know, the Rams, for me, it's, it's, I'm kind of stuck between the Rams and the Packers. Uh, the Rams, you know, the Rams change quarterbacks. Their offense is going to change. They're definitely going to throw a lot more now. And the Packers, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and what happened last season. I think I'm going to lean towards the Packers in this, in this list. I'm going with the Rams. This they're going into a transition year with an older quarterback that they can't afford to have a transition year. If the Rams, the Rams shocked the world three years ago or two years ago with coming out and becoming like this offensive juggernaut, I will never forget the Monday night game with the chiefs where they nearly set the record for points in a game Mm -hmm. because Patrick Mahomes walked out there and said, I'm going to dazzle the world. And Sean McVay said, somebody hold my beer, <laughs> you know, and, and, and just all of a sudden it was like back and forth. And I will never forget that game because I was curling that night and I got off the ice and at halftime, it was like 35, 27. And I was like, this is better than most finals. <laughs> and our, our contributor, Sean looked at me and went, we're watching the whole game. Right. And I looked at the beer in my hand and I went. Yes. And he just got up with another word, went to the bar and got another round. And I just remember saying to myself, I'm going to have to sit here the entire game. So I'm sober enough to go home (laughs) because I I was, I was stress drinking that entire game. It was so intense, but I I just, now they're in so much more flux. I don't think they're one of the top five teams. I don't even know if they're the Mm. best team in their division right now. Seattle still might be better. Arizona is still on the rise in my opinion. And then there's the 49ers. Yeah, and the 49ers are a total wild card. Total wild card. Yeah. I, do you know like they have over like five primetime games this year? Yeah. Well, the 49ers have a good national following. There's a reason teams like the Niners and the Cowboys get a lot more primetime games than the average team. It's because their following is more spread out nationwide. Hmm. You True. and I, You and I are statistical anomalies. That's true, isn't a, it? <laughs> a Bengals fan in Connecticut and a Chiefs fan in Connecticut? Forget it. Sean's a Bears yeah. fan. Sean's a Bears Though fan. I've, in Connecticut, it, I've met quite a few Bears fans compared to yeah. Chiefs and Bengals. I think I've met two Bengals fans my entire life. But if you walk into a sports memorabilia store in Connecticut, mm. take out the three most local teams. Take out the Patriots, take out the Jets, take out the Giants. Just disregard them. Mm. Whose stuff do you see laying around? It's Dallas. It's Dallas. It's Pittsburgh. Yep. It's San Francisco. It's these teams that have dynasties and history that have more diverse located fan base. That's what you see. Dallas and Pittsburgh in particular in our area. 
No, that I is guarantee true. You. Go go into the go into any sports memorabilia store in Connecticut and just ask the guy, what do you have signed by a coach from Dallas? And I guarantee you he has something signed by Landry or even Barry Switzer, for God's sakes. <laughs> He's got something. Then look at him and go, all right, now show me what you've got signed by the Tennessee Titans or the Houston Oilers. And it's got to be a coach. And get ready for the dumb, stupid look you get back. That's that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. So, yeah, all right. So that, that's fair. That's fair. So uh, let's move on to our main topics, because believe it or not, we're already halfway through our time. Duh. Our main topics today is um, random stuff that's going on in the league. Uh, the big one is I stumbled across an article on CBS Sports today. The AFC North's burning questions for 2021. Oh. And you being a Bengals fan by default makes you our AFC North expert. So I wanted to get your take on a couple of these ideas. So I've got one per team. Just give me, doesn't have to be huge. If you got a lot to say, go for it. But just, and I haven't told them any of these, by the way. So Craig's had nope. no time to prepare. No time to prepare. That's how we like to do things around here. We do it live. <laughs> Let's start with the Browns. Okay. Simple question. Mm-hmm. I want a yes or no answer, and then you can explain any way you wish. Okay. Can Baker Mayfield lead Cleveland to a title? <sighs> No. Okay, feel free to elaborate. No, because, again, I do not hate the Browns. Okay, just throwing that out there again. Going by the Browns' history and just seeing how the team seeing how the team is and what happened, how they melted last year, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be able to overcome that with who they have. Yeah. Um, I think last year in the playoffs... What happened to them is like what happened to Atlanta when since jinxed them and they lost the Super Bowl. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to come back from that loss. Let, let's remind something of folks. That game was 22 to three. <laughs> Kansas City came out. Baker Mayfield came out and went, I'm Baker Mayfield and I'm going to lead our team to victory. I think they scored on the opening drive. No, I the think Chiefs, the Chiefs it was took the early lead. on. The Chiefs, the Chiefs took the deed. Harrison Butker missed a freaking extra point. But at the end of the first quarter, that game was six to three. And then Patrick Mahomes went, Let, let's just let's just finish this. At halftime, that game was 19 to three. Then all of a sudden, fast forward to the fourth quarter. It's 22, 17. Excuse me, 22, 17. And they just never recover from there. Never. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm looking to make sure I got this right. Okay. Yeah, that's not accurate. Uh Uh-oh. So the CBS article says, quote, after clawing back from a 22 to 3 deficit, it was never 22 to 3. The biggest margin was 19 to 3. Then it was 19-10. Then it was 22-10. So CBS is looking. Am I looking at the right game? Yeah. Let's start. AFC, we? <laughs> div- AFC divisional playoffs. Well, the Browns had made the playoffs for the first time in a thousand years. So. Yep. All right. So, so is, it was three to six at the end of the first. At the halftime, it was 19 to three. Uh, yes, it was. It was 19 at to three. The, at the end of the third, it was 22 to 10. 
Yes. And then the only score in the fourth quarter was the one touchdown by the Browns to make it 22-17. Right. Now, let me let me ask you just a quick yes or no question. Was that game ever close? Uh, it was in the first quarter, and then it wasn't. <laughs> so let me read to you what CBS errantly put on their website. After clawing back from a 22-3 deficit, incorrect, a pair of touchdown passes by Baker Mayfield, incorrect, helped the Brown pull to within three points, incorrect, of the defending champion in the divisional round of the playoffs. None of that's accurate. <laughs> they were never down 22-3. to three, I mean, I guess, one. I guess, depending when the field goal happened compared to the touchdown, maybe? I don't know. I, I don't know what was first. Well, here, here's your first problem. It wasn't. There was no time that that score was ever 22-3. to three. No time. A pair of touchdown passes. A pair of touchdown passes by Baker Mayfield. That's two, right? That To he me, that's two, yards. like, very close together. Okay, well, he had 204 yards and one touchdown pass. Yes, and one interception. Correct. So unless the interception was run back for a touchdown, I'm looking at the <laughs> box score, it wasn't. <laughs> which would be an odd thing to credit him with. So this is just factually. Baker, Baker Mayfield had negative eight yards receiving. Oh, he caught a pass. Well, oh my God. Negatively. That's the, that's the game. They wildcatted him out and he tried to score a touchdown. And instead Patrick Mahomes did it. Isn't it? Is did Mahomes have a touchdown reception? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of something else. But okay, so no, he had a rushing touchdown. Yes, he had a rushing touchdown early. But yeah, no, this is completely inaccurate. Inaccurate. At no so I read this and I was like, you know, it makes it sound like the Chiefs really were in jeopardy. The Chiefs were never in jeopardy until the fourth quarter of that game. They entered the fourth quarter with a twelve point lead. Yeah. I think everyone thought like the score was gonna be like thirty eight to three, and that's why people were freaked out by it but yeah i don't think the chiefs were in trouble at any point in that game well they were near the end because with 11 minutes to play it was a five-point game right that's trouble to me okay that's fine but and that's where this whole point was going until i really wanted to point out that this article on cbs sports is completely <laughs> inaccurate like three major points are wrong it was never 22 to three. Oh my god i lost the article i wanted. oh no there it is it was never 22 no i don't want to take a survey go away it was never 22 to three. They were never down three points, you know, and Baker yep. never threw two touchdowns. It's just, this is not correct. <laughs> but if you read it that way, it sounds like, oh my God, they threatened the goddamn chiefs. Can Baker actually do this? And the answer to your question, even if all this is true is no, no, he had, they were down by less than a touchdown and they failed to convert. Yes. So no, Baker Mayfield can't. Not only can Baker Mayfield not lead Cleveland to a title, but Brian Diardo of CBS Sports can't write an article with factual information in it. That's where <laughs> we're going with that. All right, second one. Yeah. Bengals. Okay. Cinch Jason... is going to disagree with me. <laughs> well, he can't disagree with the previous one because it's factually inaccurate. <laughs> Bengals. Did Cincinnati do enough to protect Burrow? Oh, that's the <sighs> question you did. And now I just log off because he can just finish the episode with everything they did wrong in the draft. 
literally could. I'm just going to sit here listen, and enjoy my beer. The, the Bengals, they, listen, so Bleacher Report gave the Bengals an F for their draft. That is absolutely ridiculous. I was going to say, what do you give them? I give them a, I'll give them a B. Even though they didn't draft the offensive lineman you wanted in the draft? I did, because right now he has COVID, so I don't know how he's going to be when he's he can play again. Fair enough. Go on. Um, here's the thing. The last three years, the Bengals have drafted, out of two out of the last three years, the Bengals have drafted a offensive lineman in the first round. Okay? Mm-hmm. So right now, they have two first-round draft picks on their line. Right? They signed uh-huh. Rafe from Raf Rafe, Riley from, Rafe, yeah, uh, from the Vikings. Yep. Who then announced that he's excited to block for a quarterback like Burrow. Spain's back, and they have a few other guys coming back. They also and they drafted did draft Jackson Jackson Carmen. Yep. They also drafted two other offensive linemen later on. Uh, Deontay Smith and Trey Hill. I have it all in the article in front of Thank me. Thank you. But you know what? Because I'm horrible with names. Is that accurate? I don't know because the last piece was so freaking full of errors that I don't know if any you of this what? is true. He Let might just double been... check. Hey, hey, honey, give me a name that sounds football. Deontay Smith. Good. Thank you. I have no idea if that's accurate because this guy's been totally wrong. Uh, no, let's check because I'm, I admittedly, I am horrible with names. I'm not going to lie. Um, in the article... It does say they spent a second-round pick on former Clemson tackle Jackson Carmen. Yep. They also spent a fourth-round pick on former East Carolina tackle Deontay Smith and a sixth-round pick on former Georgia center Trey Hill. There we go. Thank you. And I just double-checked that. that and... This guy was really wrong in the, in the Browns <laughs> write-up. De- yep. So there's Deontay Smith, yes, Trey Hill, center, and Carmen is a guard. Oh, no. Did I lose you? Hello, I'm still here. Hello? Hello. Oh, we may have a connection issue. Are you there? I'm there. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello. I can hear you now. Man, you cut out for like 20 seconds there. We'll blame the internet and Skype. Maybe we should switch to Discord. I don't know. Maybe we um, should switch to Discord in the future. I don't know. <laughs> we, we've been having really good... Re- we've been doing really well with Discord, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. Uh, but anyway, here's the thing. The Bengals had... Three receivers without Jamar Chase. Uh-huh. They they needed a receiver, and yes, so they you know they can draft another tackle, but after drafting two first round picks in the last three years, why are you going to draft another one? You know what I'm saying? Especially when they yeah. drafted three other ones and signed a free agent. Yeah, and I already know Cinch is completely disagreeing with me, but it's okay. That's okay. The beautiful thing about our collaboration on this podcast is we often disagree with each other. That's fantastic. My biggest issue with our podcast team is that we left a Tom Brady fan in charge of our Twitter. <laughs> we did. So did consequently, we? <laughs> we get a lot of Tom Brady love on our Twitter. <laughs> oh, boy. So, all right. So that's the Bengals. Yes. I agree with you. I think the, I think the offensive line is going to be five this year. Speaking of offensive lines, the Steelers. Yes. Will Pittsburgh's line hold up? You like just that's just a general question. Will they hold that's up? That's the question. Will Pittsburgh offensive line hold up? They they will. I don't I don't know how well they're going to do without Pouncey there. And Villanueva. That's true. He's and, all, yep. 
Oh, they, and they let somebody else walk too. Matt Failer? Matt Filer? Oh, wow. I didn't realize they lost, they lost three of them. They lost three of their five starting See, offensive here's linemen. Here's the thing. Ben has already had injury history. So mm-hmm. if stacks start piling up, I don't know if he's going to be able to finish his last season. All <laughs> right. So they've lost three of their five offensive linemen. I don't know, man. I think I think there's a point that Ben will struggle, and Ben is, like you said, not dependable right now physically. Yeah. Nope. I think if he gets hit a lot, he I don't think he's going to finish this season. And that's that's a problem. That's a problem. Who's the backup there? I'm scared um, to go search it because everything he's cutting out. Uh, what's his name? From, what's his name from Washington? Haskins. Who's that guy? Haskins? Yep. Haskins and um, the other guy that got hit in the head with a helmet last year or the year before. Haskins is in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Washington was like, Washington was like, we, we're tired of waiting for you to get your shit together. Who is starting in Washington this year? Uh... Yeah, so it's it's Ben, it's Ben Roethlisberger, Dwayne Haskins, and Mason Rudolph. <gasps> Ryan Fitzpatrick is in Washington. Yes. Oh my God! Here we go. <laughs> A sneak preview of my draft advice: use Ryan Fitzpatrick the first three weeks and then drop him <laughs> or trade him. Oh my God, that's too much. I can't. I can't with them. I just can't. Oh my God! All right, let's move on. Uh, last Ravens. but not least, the Ravens. Yeah. Does Baltimore have enough pass rushers? Uh, maybe. I mean, they've always had a decent defense. I think their biggest, their biggest question—not even a question mark—but their biggest issue is going to be Lamar. Yeah. Because Lamar's Lamar's thing is he can run. And then I think offense is the issue there. Yes. He can run, and if a defense can contain him, let's face it, and I've talked to Ravens fans, I'm a friend with one a Ravens fan, and he even admits it, if Lamar has to throw over 20 yards, then they're in trouble. <laughs> the inconsist- inconsistency on offense, and God, if I'm mumbling, it's because I've just finished that beer, and nice. man, is it hitting me like a brick. This is a delicious beer, but it might be banned going forward. It is Oh, no. Good. If like, I had was, two of these, forget it. Eight point two. Okay. I drank in under forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Really? What was double ruffled? Uh, twenty-seven point six. I don't know. <laughs> I just know some beers hit me harder than others, and this one's hitting me like a freaking rock. And I had dinner. I had dinner after double ruffled. Craig texted me every recording day for about a month. <laughs> have you had dinner before I would sit down and have a beer? I had dinner tonight. I want to be clear. So um, the question about Baltimore having enough pass rushers is interesting to me because we just spent about 15 minutes talking about offensive line issues for literally half the division. True. So for half the division, we're worried about the offensive line. But then the biggest concern with the Ravens is pass rushing. Not if offensive line is an issue everywhere else. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I don't think Baltimore. I think I agree with Craig. 
Baltimore's biggest issue is not its offense, is not its pass rusher, it's its inconsistency. They need to be more consistent. That that's 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 where I'm at. So, oh, and double, or not, double ruffled is eight point two. Oh my god, what is this again? I think you just 8. said eight point two. Oh no. So is wait, about- so wait, is eight percent the limit for Brit on a podcast? <laughs> oh, you cut out again. I heard nothing after oh, wait. I heard boom. wait, wait, and then just dead silence. Is is eight is eight percent the max for you on a podcast now? I I don't think that's. I, I think it's something to do with eight point two. I think there's something specific about that number because I've had higher and I've had yeah, lower we, and I've been. We had fine. the beer that was what four years old for a podcast. Oh, that one. I, I remember most of that podcast. So to be fair, <laughs> that was uh, Igor's dream 2014 14 or 15. Yeah. And we drank it in 2019. Yes. I just remember. <laughs> I just remember texting Ryan, the rep over at two roads and saying, can I safely drink this? And he was like, yeah, man, enjoy it. Let me know how it ages. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You want me to tell you if I don't die from it? Yes. Or you, you want feedback from me on how a beer your company makes ages? <laughs> that doesn't give me confidence. But we lived. That, that's and it, was, it was actually pretty good still. It was. Stouts, stouts do age. Stouts do age well. Don't we still have a bottle of that? I think so. Shit. What do we, what, we can't let that get much older. It's already seven years old. <laughs> You know what? This is what we do. This is what we do. We let Sean test it. And if he can still see after 20 minutes, we're we're good. If we leave that bottle open around Sean for 20 minutes, it's going to be gone. (laughs) And so might Sean. (laughs) We can't can't do a test with this. (laughs) Well, we were about to go into final thoughts. We were. That is correct. So... Go for it. Give give me your final thought, and then I'll jump in. My God, I hope I hope (laughs) clean a little bit of this up in post. He's usually good at that stuff. So, Uh, Craig, what's your final thought? Final thought really is you know it's getting into summer. It's getting warmer. I would just say pay attention to the news for your teams Mm. because a lot of stuff is going to happen between now and August. Yeah, yeah. Now we start to see news. That's very true. Are you still with me? I'm still here. Okay. I, I don't know anymore. So I'm I, I'm not sure where this where this disconnect happened on our end, but I apologize to everybody. We will work to make sure that we don't have this problem going forward. My final thought is I wanna talk about um someone someone passed away today, May nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Um I I this this kind of hit me harder than I expected it to. Paul Mooney passed away. Craig, do you remember who Paul Mooney is? Uh, his name sounds really familiar. He wrote for Richard Pryor when Richard Pryor had the Richard Pryor show. Oh, uh, okay. For multiple comedians, but he is in my my generation, in my age, he is best remembered as doing writing and skits for the Dave Chappelle Chappelle show. Oh, okay. All right. Now I know who he is. Do you remember a skit called, and I will apologize. We are not saying this to be insensitive. This was on Chappelle's show. Do you remember a skit called Negrodamus? Oh, yes. <laughs> that was Paul Rooney. Paul Mooney, rather. 
That was Paul Mooney in that getup. And it is iconic to me because it inspired a later skit where Dave and um, Wayne Brady go on a, a ride around and Wayne Brady is a total gangster. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen the Wayne Brady, Dave Chappelle crossover? No, I didn't. If you get a chance, go and search Wayne Brady, Dave Chappelle. They did an entire skit because in Paul Mooney's skit, he compares Bryant Gumble to Malcolm X compared <laughs> to Wayne Brady. And it, 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 the, the legend behind it is that Wayne Brady thought it was so funny that he had the idea of what if I took Dave Chappelle out for a night and the skit was what a gangster I am and how I'm not what people think I am. <laughs> and they did an entire skit on it. At one point he was, um, at one point he was selling drugs during their, their, their ride around. At one point he was collecting money for some prostitutes he pimped for <laughs> things of that nature, but it was all inspired by Paul Mooney's skit on Chappelle's show. And he wrote that skit in which he said the reason why white people love Wayne Brady is because he makes Bryant Gumble look like Malcolm X. <laughs> and it, it, it was not only hysterical, oh my he was God. not only a hysterical <clears throat> writer, but he delivered it so well and inspired a great follow-up with Dave Chappelle and Wayne Brady together that it, I saw he passed today. They put his picture on the screen on the news and it was just a quick little two second snippet. But I was like, Oh my God, that's actually a major loss for the comedy comedy world. That guy has been writing comedy for really good comedians for over 40 years. So my final thought is just to rest in power. Paul Mooney, my God, your humor will be missed. He was just one of those guys who was like, there is nothing off limits in comedy. Nothing. I yep, will make fun just of like George Carlin, like George Carlin, like Richard Pryor. There's a yep. reason why he wrote material for Richard Pryor because they were in the same idea. Nothing's off limits, and I will make fun of your biases. And he did that on with Pryor. He did that on Chappelle. He did that in everything he ever did. And it's just, it may not be a name you know, but, you know, I mean, some people have referred to him as the godfather of black comedy. I, I mean, just, it, he's just amazing. Just yep. amazing. He, um, he wrote for Sanford and Sons. He wrote for Good Times. Oh, wow. He, he, he wrote for In Living Color. Wow. He is, he's been, he has been behind the camera in some of the best comedy of the last 50 years. And I will never forget that he did a very funny sketch that then inspired Wayne Brady and Dave Chappelle to team up on an even funnier sketch. And I remember, I remember in the sketch where Wayne Brady is driving Dave Chappelle around at one point, he spikes Dave's uh, drink. Wayne Brady spikes Dave's drink with some sort of like hallucinogen. Mm -hmm. And when Dave starts hallucinating, he hallucinates Paul Mooney warning him about, Wayne Brady. <laughs> it's just it, so. My final thought is: rest in power, man. You did. You brought so much, so much laughter to the world, and it's so desperately needed. And not only did you bring laughter, but you brought laughter that made people feel uncomfortable and to really think about where they stand on issues. And that's important. 
that's important. Rest in power is what tw- is trending right now on Twitter because he passed. So, you know, I mean, his name isn't trending on Twitter, but rest in power is. And it, if you click on it, it takes you straight to his um, the announcement of his passing. So rest in power, uh, Paul Mooney, you did amazing work and we appreciate it. You could do amazing work for us. You can go online and leave us a review wherever you listen to us. Uh, Apple, Stitcher, uh, iHeart. We're on iHeart now. We just added somebody else. Who did we just add recently? Audible. Audible. We're on Audible now. My God, how did how did we make that happen? <clears throat> magic. So wherever you magic. So wherever you listen to us, please leave us a review. It's always helpful to get feedback from folks in our audience to see uh, what we can do better and and what you like and what you don't like. Um, you can also reach out to us. We are at FignutsDFS on Twitter. The Cinch is in charge of our Twitter account. You want to anger the Cinch? Send some slander at FignutsDFS. About Tom Brady. Or Tom Brady. You go ahead. You slander Tom Brady. Or uh, one of these days it's going to happen. One of these days somebody's going to write in and go, Tom Brady's the most overrated quarterback on earth, and his coach stinks, and I hate New England. And then all of a sudden I'm going to just open Twitter randomly because I still get the tweets on my phone, and I'm going to have 73 notices. (laughs) <laughs> because people are just like rallying against it. It's going to happen, but More it hasn't likely. happened yet. It'll, it'll happen eventually. So, um, but yes, definitely uh, leave us that information and, and definitely uh, reach out to us also through email. We are fignutsdfs at gmail.com. I know I'm stumbling. I want to apologize again. Craig takes great pride and extraordinary efforts in our audio. Tonight is not on him. This, our audio breaks were probably either internet provider or Skype related. We will work to fix those. Please don't blame him. If I know Craig, he will be spending the next six days running (laughs) diagnostics on everything. He'll be on the phone with his IP (laughs) screaming at them that his bandwidth is too small. Um, So we apologize for that. We will make sure that we get that, that better. So, all right. Anything else? Did I miss anything? I think that's it, sir. Then, folks, we will be back uh, next week. Next week, I'm off. Do we do an episode next week? I don't know. It's your. It's it's you're off. You're on vacation, so maybe, maybe not. Maybe. If we're not back next week, we'll definitely be back the next week, the week after. During the off season, we get to take some time off. Maybe we'll have another production meeting. I don't know. Maybe we'll have an actual production meeting this time instead of just sitting around and drinking. I don't know about that either. But until you next hear from us, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. Uh, and my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Hi, Deb. <laughs>